This episode was recorded at 4 p.m. Pacific on July 27th, 2022. Things may have changed by the time you're listening to this. The youth simply will not buy the world that the elders have given them. They see too much hypocrisy in it. They see too many things that are wrong with it. And I think that the elders are going to have to realize that they simply can no longer browbeat youth into following its established path. Welcome back to another episode of Sunset Politics. I'm Sam. I'm Story. I'm Molly. And today we have a very special guest with us. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Leif. So Leif is a friend from our future college that I am going to next year. And he is here today to talk about the issue that is very controversial in the United States, which is statues being removed and replaced and so let's just get right into it with our first question for you Leif. So why is this issue important to you and how come you got like what made you first interested in talking about it with us? Well so I am a self-proclaimed historian so I love historical accuracy and a good representation of history. Uh, My friends definitely know that whenever we're watching like a historical movie I always am there to critique it. So history is a big part of like what I enjoy. So, and I think that Confederate statues are, in fact, I disagree with the idea that it is that removing them is removing history. I think that it was them being built that was removing history because they perpetrate the lost cause myth. And I call that a myth because it isn't a actual interpretation of history. There are, despite what people think, there are interpretations of history. It isn't just one, like, thing of history. There's, like, the orthodox and the revisionist point of view of history. I learned that in my Cold War IB class. So, it's, and the lost cause is not a valid myth. So, we can start off, like, what is the lost cause myth? Well, the main tenets of it is that the Civil War was fought because of states' rights, but they never specified what the states' right, what the states' right were was for. But anyways, and that Confederate soldiers didn't know what they were fighting for. They thought they were fighting for the their state. They were fighting for Virginia or South Carolina. But in reality, if you actually look at diaries from the soldiers, they when they were captured. In fact, it's actually kind of quoted that when they were captured, they didn't feel white anymore. Like when they were captured by the North, they didn't feel that they felt that they were betraying their race when they were captured by the North because of how the North viewed slavery. And it also downplays slavery's, slavery's role because they don't, you can't say that slavery was not a cause of the Civil War. You can't do it because then you sound crazy. But they have to downplay it to make it more believable. And they also believe that the party switch never happened, that Sherman was a war criminal. And that it oversimplifies the advantages of the North. And it also talks about Southern pride and the battle flag of Northern Virginia or the Confederate flag that's referred to now. So it's it's just a big issue for me, right? Because I love historical accuracy and history in general. And I feel like this is a giant smear on what I like. 
Thank so, you for sharing. And I can tell you and Story are going to be really good friends because Story is also our history person. So that's kind of funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I love history. Um, so could you tell us a bit more about how these statues reinforce um, the Lost Cause myth? Yeah, because you're putting them on a pedestal. You're putting these obvious, these people, because like there's this idea that, oh, Sherman owned X amount of slaves, or Robert E. Lee just was totally chill and didn't have any, which is just such a mind numbing idea of like it 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 doesn't it doesn't make that doesn't make any sense. And it perpetrates it because you're putting these people on a pedestal when they really shouldn't have. And we I'm this is a bit of an extreme example, but it's a lot what a lot of people go to. So Germany after World War II, right? They in Europe they have no statues of Mussolini or or Hitler. But yet they still remember the history. So and yet we have them here and then taking them down would suddenly make everyone just forget the idea that the civil war ever happened. And it, it, it just perpetrates wrong history. I can't say wrong history, but it just perpetrates untrue history because of course I don't blame them for, cause that's what, that's what's in the textbooks. Like I don't, I can't blame them for believing that believing in the lost cause, but because that's what they were taught. They were taught all this stuff and they had no access to other information. So I can't, blame them but yeah sorry if that went off on a little bit of a tangent but i don't know if that answered your question but i it, it perpetrates it because you're putting these people on a pedestal when they really shouldn't have been thank you for that yeah for sure and i kind of want to piggyback off of um story's question but do you think that taking down these statues um like no matter how bad the person uh, in the statue is is whitewashing history because of you know it, it kind of sweeps under the rug uh, the true like violence of it or do you think that taking down these statues honors um, you know the the victims of like the institution of slavery and all the people who were affected by the South? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't I don't think I. I don't think that taking them down is whitewashing history, but I think that we also have to look to other countries. So there's another very controversial thing in England. It's the statue of Winston Churchill in London. So people that gets like um, vandalized on the daily. You have like people sticking up stuff, like saying like imperialists on there. And we can, and I feel like the reason why Winston Churchill remains after all the stuff, he, he was a, not a very good person, but uh, the reason why he's up there is because he fought a way worse person. You know what I mean? And since I guess since the Confederacy lost, it makes more sense to not have statues because obviously uh, in in London they don't have a statue of George Washington, even though they lost to him. But and oh, there, but there's also we also have to be careful with the term whitewashing history because there's other countries who have monuments, not just statues, but monuments to like, to not very good things like Japan. Uh, Japan has the, I'm going to see if I can pronounce this right. Uh, uh, the Yasukuni shrine in Tokyo, which is a shrine to the people who died for the emperor. And a lot of those people were people that died during world war II. And the Japanese were not good people during World War II. They did some horrible, horrible stuff to basically everyone. But 
we and they still have that out because they have that whole thing that well the US did cover up their help cover up their history. They they took the main part in covering up most of us. And that's I feel like Japan is a re, is something that we should look to and not and like how they teach history we should look to and not do because they are taught some crazy stuff in as history and as well as the uh oh there's also a statue um depending on your very like your idea of whitewashing there's the uh very a lot of statues of Mustafa Kemal Ataturk who was the prime minister the first prime minister or leader of Turkey Ataturk meaning father of the Turks and he did some during the um like abandoned in a couple countries but during the Armenian genocide uh and the Greek genocide he was a main perpetrator of that but yet there's statues of him everywhere like there's one in Mexico for some reason I don't know why but there's a statue and if we're gonna and that's that then brings in the question of the problems of having statues because obviously every single famous every single historically significant person obviously has some skeletons in their closet like Gandhi we're just gonna start taking statues of Gandhi down even though he did some really weird stuff and said some really bad stuff about South Africans so we have to be we have to be a little bit careful about I guess what we what we call taking down statues and I guess I guess my main point is that we have to be careful about what monuments we put up and then what we replace them with that's really interesting I actually did not know about the statue of the first prime minister of turkey being so like prevalent my mom's family's armenian and the armenian genocide is like really like a big deal to them obviously and they have a lot of like anger i think towards turkey and like the government in turkey for like all that happened so that's interesting to hear that like his statue is like still up in like so many countries and that he's still like such a celebrated figure um but i guess kind of going off of that too like what are some, like, I know you and I have had, like, one conversation about this. Like, what are some examples of statues being replaced, like, that you've seen, like, yourself or, like, heard about in the U.S. that you thought was interesting? Uh, I actually have a list of not statues really being replaced, but taken down. And, like, in southern uh, southern places, like, in New Orleans, uh, the city council voted to remove four monuments in New Orleans. Uh, the old Joe statue, which is a Confederate figure in Florida, was removed by the county commissioner and see if you can spot like the little similarities that these things have aside from being southern states uh in 2017 memphis wanted to remove their statues but but a tennessee state law prevented them uh, but they actually had to sell the statues like the land to a nonprofit, of which then took it down and then the i'll get back to that later. but then uh in lexington lexington kentucky uh they removed their monuments and the yeah they removed their monuments so those are some uh examples of the southern states and these actually very small counties and cities removing their states but what's interesting to note is the uh the effect that they, that that had on the state legislature so remember when i was talking about the uh the uh memphis statue in 2017 uh the republican state legislature of tennessee cut two hundred fifty thousand dollars from the city's budget for doing that or not for doing that but they probably gave some random reason but it was cut and the gov in lexington lexington kentucky the governor compared the act of destroying the uh 
like taking down the monuments to ISIS destroying stuff in the Middle East, which was, that's a pretty ballsy comparison. And so it's all of these small, democratic, mostly uh, people of color communities in the South trying to get their statues out of there. But it's always pushback from these big Republican legislatures and Congress and in their state government that always try to suppress that and punish them for trying to take it down. So I feel like that's pretty telling about like how Republicans view history and how they want to make sure that there's some, which is kind of weird because Lincoln was the part of the Republican Party, and I don't, I don't understand why they do that. But I haven't found any examples of them putting set putting uh, statues up of people, which I think that they should. I think they should definitely put more statues of like Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass and all these very important people during the Civil War, if they would put a, a statue of people who fought in the Civil War. Although I haven't found any examples of which I should probably research. But So going off what you just said too, do you think it's important that like when we're talking about this issue as well, like we really are careful with our language and say like, rather than like replace, like take down and put up instead? Like, do you think that sometimes that language might be confusing for people? Like, do you think that maybe is the issue like why it's so controversial? Or do you think it's like something else in like the ideology of it all? I think it's a mix of both. I think that people, when they hear the word replace, it's a very strong word. And it's very, you've, you'll always hear it like there is a, it, it never really means anything good, like saying replace. And it and historically, and even now has a very, not very good connotation, especially with all these. Hearing replace and myth in the same sentence is not a good you probably you probably stay away from the people who use that. So, but and I think it would probably be a. I don't really know any other language to use other than replace. But what was what did you say? Like you said between replace and take oh, down. Oh, like and... like yeah, like take down and replace. Because I, I feel like yeah, when people hear like the word, like I've had a conversation about this with someone in my family, like extended family, and when we were talking about like replacing, like that's what she was saying was like replacing statues, and I was like, well, I think more people want is to take them down because they're offensive and these people have really negative legacies that shouldn't be celebrated and these people shouldn't be put on a pedestal. And she seemed to have a better, like she was more okay with it when I said take down rather than replace. So I was just I, that's why I was asking yeah. like about the language. I think also, if I may uh, pop in, is that a big deal on the right that we've talked about in previous episodes is this idea of like, uh, like, replacement theory and like, white replacement. And so obviously, that ideology has some issues to it. And if you didn't know, the idea of white replacement theory is the fact that or is is the theory that um, people of color and Jews are like replacing white people and are like secretly taking over the world. It's a crazy messed up myth. But um, anyways, the idea that like white history air quotes is being like smeared by people of color um, has been a prevailing idea on the right. And so I think that, yeah, the idea of like replacing statues kind of like feeds into this myth so yeah i i i agree with me i just long story short i agree with what molly is saying mm-hmm. uh, yeah and 
that like when you when you started talking about people with like negative histories and having statues, it reminded me of like the Trump interview. It was in like Trump Tower and talking about the them like statues being taken down. He was like, "Oh, where are we gonna take down Jefferson, Washington? They own slaves," which is it's a bit of a, it's a bit strange because it's. I mean, despite you could probably read any history book, and they will definitely give you a different representation of what the American Revolution was. And they, granted, there were a lot of people who uh, who did own slaves and did fight for their right. If you look at the Constitution, the 1808 Compromise, it didn't say that slavery would end in 1808. It said that they would make a decision then. So the Constitution basically protected uh, protected slavery for like 20 years, right? So it's obviously that these people. And also, it's also a myth that the founding fathers knew that slavery would end one day. They didn't. They didn't. There's only two things. There's like two things that Americans are table at, terrible at: predicting the future and not killing each other. That's just a fact. But and they 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 didn't know that slavery would end one day. They didn't. In fact, they they've written in the Constitution multiple times that there's like three three like changes to the Constitution that basically talk about slavery. But that's a whole other thing. And also, what's really interesting is that there was a count of articles that mentioned, so there, I think there was about 4,000 articles that mentioned, that like talked about removing statues, and then 100 of those actually mentioned taking down George Washington and Fr- Benjamin Franklin. And then in those, only the minority, and in those, most of them were actually talking about, about the Trump quote. So obviously, there isn't this push to remove these statues of the founding fathers, even though they're they are obviously very controversial now, but it's 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 people are kind of, they're kind of like strawmanning arguments about Confederate statues and just what about what aboutism all of them like they but yeah sorry that kind of went on a tangent again I go on a lot of those but yeah um, I think you know there's in a lot of people's minds of course there's a categorical difference between like a statue of Washington and Robert E Lee right? Because most, uh, I'm sure you know this, but most statues of these Confederate leaders weren't put up after the Civil War. They were put up in the 1960s during the Civil Rights Movement. Um, the intent was to say, you know, we don't want civil rights. You know, we're, we're going to show the people of this town, you know, that we're a white town, that black people aren't welcome here. And that was the point of that. Whereas like the point of a statue of George Washington, most people, people don't put statues of George Washington up to remind people that he was like a slave owner they do it to like remind I don't, i'm not phrasing that perfectly but like they do it to like evoke the idea of like the founding of america and you know that there is a lot of problems with that but it's i think it's categorically different and most people most activists would recognize that there's a categorical dif- categorical difference between washington and lee statues so yeah it's 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 one of those those things where it's like people just don't really understand what the other side actually believes um yeah Mm-hmm. um yeah but yeah okay and, so oh. uh, go ahead and they're also a lot of them were put up by actually it's pretty interesting that a lot of them were actually put up by the daughters of the uh, confederacy so they obviously because they were it's a bit strange because i think a lot of the confederate soldiers same with the union soldiers they didn't really want the statues up there because they'd obviously seen what had happened and they they saw like and, and even like uh, I'll get back to what they put up in Gettysburg, but then it was actually the daughters of the Confederacy and the wives who put up these statues 
to I guess memorialize. So I feel like that makes it makes it look way worse then. But and also with the soldiers talking about it. so there was gonna be a monument like a to this to the soldiers who died at Gettysburg, to the Confederate soldiers who died at Gettysburg, and there was a mass protest by the Union soldiers who stated that we should not memorialize because they were re- they were they essentially terrorists and rebellions who rebels who launched multiple terrorist attacks at our nation and we shouldn't memorialize that. So I feel I feel like we could at, we, I mean if we could have a time machine and go back to ask what those soldiers thought they probably would definitely not like those generals being put up on a pedestal especially the men because they of what they did what they fought for. Yeah. So going forward, I kind of wanted to to get kind of into the abstract about what statues represent because they're, they can be a lot of different things. Um, and there's lots of, there's a lot of importance to, to different kinds of statues. Uh, they can be used to strike fear. Like a lot of the statues of Confederate generals were meant to. Um, and like, all over the world, there's different kinds of statues. Like, uh, I'm sure you know this, but in 2004, in Kamishli, there was a, a big riot um, that sparked because of the tearing down of that. Well, the riot kind of started earlier, but it ended and it escalated because the protesters tore down a statue of Hafez al Assad, who was a dictator that repressed the rights of Kurdish people. Um, so, tearing down statues has been kind of a symbolic act. Um, throughout history uh and there's also been like a lot of statues of like positive figures that have put up and done a lot of good like um the mlk memorial in washington dc if you go there it's really powerful um technically the rule in dc the unspoken rule is that no statues are supposed to be taller than lady liberty on the capitol but the the statue of mlk actually is because it's technically he's like half in the rock so they got around it um so yeah, what do you think like what do you think are some like positive examples of historical figures that we should be building statues of um and for what for what purpose do do we need statues anyway? Mm. I think that so we're you're kind of talking about how like the statue of uh of Al-Assad being being taken down and that reminded me of the statue in Baghdad of Saddam Hussein being taken down and the very different connotations that they had. Because I feel like the one in Baghdad was, it was kind of like, yeah, we're liberating you guys. Yeah, we're taking down the dictator. You guys are now saved. And then we well, we know how that one turned out. But Well, Hussein was a dictator, just to be clear. But like, yeah, yeah that's obviously yeah, well, very different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and I think statues, because I, I obviously have to like separate from my own, I mean, I'm a history buff, so I obviously think it's, some people in history probably shouldn't i think some people in history are cool but shouldn't get like statues because of what they did so i think people who i guess fought for it, it's hard because now with the whole it's hard it's, it's kind of hard to tell who and who deserves a statue because if we're going off of like what they did then no one do, no one deserves one right so then we have to weigh what they did and the bad that they did and the good that they did, which seems a little bit too much to build a statue to them. So if we need to do that, then why build a statue? But I think, I definitely think that we need more statues of Frederick Douglass and uh, guys on the Trump land, but uh, <laughs> when he 
talked about Frederick Douglass, but uh, and Harriet Tubman and all these and Rosa Parks, but all these people who fought for equality and and yeah, I don't know. It's a bit strange. Do you have any, do you guys have any people that you guys would think? Because I am I I'm lost. I mean, on that I. One. I, I love me some Frederick Douglass, so <laughs> that sounds yeah. like a good one. Um, there probably are a few, like all over, but um, yeah, it's it's interesting, like what the purpose of a statue is, right? Because I mean, like you said, you know, no one is holistically an amazing person that deserves a statue for everything, but you know, for we have to create if we well, I mean, so if you you can't think of like good examples, do you think? there is a purpose to having statues or do you think we shouldn't have any, I guess. Hmm. I think because there is, hmm. I feel like having statues shows the importance of an individual. So I think if this individual was really important to a state countries or counties, like culture or history, then I definitely think that that should be put up as a symbol of like their importance. You could say, I mean, I think in Washington alone, they have a, I mean, <laughs> I want to plug myself, but I'm, I'm a tour guide at Washington state at the legislative building. So there's actually two statues that we have that we give to the federal government to be put in such a statutory hall. One is mother Joseph, who I definitely think we should, should be uh, put up. She, I'm not going to go through my tour routine, but she was a pretty important person in Washington State history. And there was Marcus Whitman. Now, Marcus Whitman, he's his statue is actually going to be replaced in Statutory Hall in Washington, D.C. by Billy Frank Jr., who was a very important Native American activist in Washington State. So I think that's a good, that's a really good, like, example of how to replace a statue, you know? you you're not replacing them with someone who like had or you're replacing them with someone who is equally as important in your state's history but with 2020 hindsight looks a lot better than this person so that 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 was a replacement i just remembered yeah for sure yeah i also think that like um like kind of going off what you're asking us earlier, uh, you know, if there are any people we'd like to see as statues, I think that, um, statues act as, uh, like a way to learn history that can be, uh, swept under the rug in history classes or like people who have been, uh, historically left out of history. Um, and so uh, I think that this movement of, uh, putting up statues of figures who have like had a huge impact on American history, like Frederick Douglass. Um, uh, I, I think that it, it allows for a certain history to be shared that might not otherwise be shared. And so, um, yeah, I, I agree. Frederick Douglass is, would be an awesome one. I think it would be cool to get like, um, more native statues or like statues of like native activists or uh, important native people up uh i think it would be cool to get a few up like for like disability rights and queer rights and just like generally people who have historically been forgotten yeah oh and i just remember that there was actually uh i was i was watching this guy who was talking about 
Confederate statues, and he does he came up with this idea where what if we take the statues instead of like throwing them away or wasting them, we what if we put them into a new museum that was dedicated to or like kind of make it like an that that was kind of dedicated to the it that would shed the statues in a new light, like putting them in a another exhibit of like the African American uh, History Museum, trying to show that like maybe trying to trying to put them in a different light you know because like if you just see them in like a local town square you say oh that was a great person but if you put them next to like what they did and what they fought for they're you're going to kind of look at them differently then so that could be one purpose for them once we kind of hopefully get rid of them all but. and i feel like what you just said kind of connects to this question how would you respond to people who think that statues need to stay because they help to preserve history like what would be your response if somebody told you that to what you just said i would say that in how does it preserve history because we don't we like i said before we know that world war ii happened we don't have to put up statues of the people who caused it we know what we know what happened so just because we forget about it and even the smallest things like i hate to go on another tangent but even the smallest things like having the uh there was a prison that uh, Rudolf Hess, who was a uh, very important uh, person, the German party in the reigning political party in Germany in the 1930s, who for some reason flew over England and got shot down. I don't know why, but then he then he was captured and put into a prison, and now and after he died, that prison was demolished and completely gone because they were worried it would turn into a sanctuary for white supremacy. That's so careful a lot of other countries are with what they have. Like I know Hitler's bunker in Berlin. I've been there. Uh, it's a car park now. So that just shows how a little bit more aware of their history. Cause obviously Europe is known for, I mean, I mean half of the stuff in the British museum isn't even British, but known for at least somewhat learning from their history because, and here in the U S it's, I honestly don't know why it's that much different. I think because of the policies that were like put into place after the Civil War, because Lincoln's vice president was a Southern Democrat, and after Lincoln died, everything that would have happened in Reconstruction completely turned upside down. Everything went wrong, or at least in hindsight, everything just went horribly. In his mind, he was probably thinking that he was doing a good thing, but it's it all stems from that one thing which is his uh which was the 17th president of the united states i forget his name but it was uh, andrew johnson andrew johnson john yes that guy there's a there's a great podcast that kind of tells the story of this called 1865 and it basically it follows the secretary of war uh I forget his name, but the secretary of war who was pro reconstruction and his negotiations with Andrew Johnson, who was anti. Um, and like, it gets into like the impeachment of Johnson. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. I I'd recommend getting, giving it a listen if you like history. Uh, yeah. So for, I was going to say for me, I think the purpose of a statue is to create a kind of, uh, mythology. Um, statues aren't are different from history museums most of the time a statue only has like a brief um 
rundown of who the person was. It's not placed in historical context. It's just meant to show this was a person who existed, who is worth um, making a statue to, um, who is worth remembering in a positive way. And so uh, that kind of tells us a story about history. This gets really like to the depth of what history is. History, I always say, is the stories we tell ourselves about the past. Um, because that's, we, we don't have time machines. We can't go back and see everything that happened. So we remember history through the stories we tell ourselves. And putting up a statue tells a certain kind of story about a person, um, about a time frame that they represent. And to me, if we're making statues of people, we we want to do it in a way that um, that that I that creates a a good healthy mythology for people to look up to, um, you know, not one of white supremacy, but you know maybe one of like you know fighting for the rights of of minorities, uh, like you know people like Frederick Douglass, Rosa Parks have done. So that's my idea of of what a statue should be for. Um, you know, I, I think we've we've kind of gone through most of the questions that we had prepared. Um, anyone have any final thoughts on on this topic? I mean, I would just say like thank you to Leigh for coming and teaching us so much because I feel like it's always interesting when we have a guest like that has so much knowledge about a topic for like the rest of us who maybe don't, especially for people for people who are listening because you get like a whole new lens into an issue that maybe you didn't know much about before or maybe that you didn't really have an opinion about that you now have some really great evidence and um, information to form an opinion upon so thank you so much Leif. yes thank you for coming uh we're very excited to have um our second guest in a row um also for listeners at home my dog decided to join in and she agrees with everything Leif said what's her name sam she's so cute her name is actually Baby Girl. She's a rescue. We did not name her. <laughs> it's so cute. She's so pretty. Um, she's mad because four want... o'clock is dinner time. <laughs> oh, so she's waiting for her food. Is that why she's like hanging out by you? Yeah, she's a little. She's a little peeved. That's okay. She can wait. Aww. Do you guys want to talk about um, the gay marriage law first, or the January sixth committee first for the second part? Let's do the gay marriage law because we talked about January 6th a little bit last episode. Mm. And so if we don't get to that, it's not that big a deal. Perfect. All right. I don't, okay. I like have been watching TikToks about this, but I don't know like all of like the solid information. So if either of you want to like give an overview. Feel yeah. Free. So the gist of it is that the uh, house passed a bill. I think they passed a couple. Uh, one was like federally enshrining the right to contraception and one the right to gay marriage. The contraception one doesn't seem like it's going to go anywhere in the Senate, but the gay marriage one might. I think there were like there are like five senators have said that for sure they would support it. Um, and there have been a f like a few that have like like Mitch McConnell has said that he's going to wait until it actually gets brought up to the floor to to take his position. So it seems like it actually has a decent chance of, of getting passed. Um, uh, the right to gay marriage is already protected by the Supreme Court through Obergefell v. Hodges, so it's not, it's not like an urgent like, it's like the passage result doesn't mean people are going to gain rights; they already have it. It would just mean that they would be protected from the future, uh, because the the only federal protection for gay marriage rights is the Supreme Court case, and the Supreme Court, well, Justice Thomas, in a concurring opinion in Dobbs v. the 
full name of the case that um, that overturned Roe v. Wade. He said that he was looking at um, overturning cases like Obergefell that protected gay marriage. So there's an effort to enshrine them in federal law because the Supreme Court can't overturn. Well, if it's not unconstitutional, they can't overturn a federal law. So yeah, that's, I think that's one just, thing. Oh, sorry, sorry. I think one thing that's also like really important to mention about that is it's also supposed to be protecting interracial marriage, which I know, Story, you kind of touched on that already. And a lot of the House members who voted against the bill are in interracial marriages. So it just does not make any sense. If you like look through, there's like a bunch of TikToks that are like exposing all the people that didn't, that voted against it. And so many of them are in interracial marriages. I just thought that was really ironic, especially because they voted against it. So just kind of interesting. For sure. And I think that um, it definitely targets uh, Black people specifically and that uh, this whole exposure of like, hey, why are you voting against interracial marriage when you're in an interracial marriage? Um, Like, that doesn't make sense. A lot of the partners of these Congress people um, are not Black people of color, and it kind of further perpetuates this idea of the model minority myth especially um within uh like asian communities uh because i that that was one thing that i was seeing a lot of is that uh you know they're voting against uh, interracial marriage but like but no like it doesn't count for this group of people because they're not quote-unquote actually minorities which is like obviously very problematic and like there's a lot to unpack there um but to put a long story short, I think that there are definitely a lot of layers like to unpack. And it's just layer on layer of racism and not not very good. Alayf, I'm going to ask you a question about this. What do you think about the fact that Justice Thomas was suggesting that we should look into overturning or like that the court, I should say, made the wrong decision in Obergefell v. Hodges and like all these other cases like Griswold v. Connecticut, so contraception, Virginia v. Loving. He didn't say Virginia v. Loving, but like you could probably imply it in some way with like the law that they're trying to pass. But like, what are your thoughts on all of that? I think that once again, I I think I've I've told Molly this that I am uh more I I'm not gonna say that I'm not socially aware of politics, but I am more interested in. Obviously, it's a very important. It is a very important thing. I have my my mom is part Native Hawaiian, so obviously she's, I guess, not the picture book American that she would. I mean, not not no offense to her, but she's like not the thing that Americans are portrayed as. But um, and it would and it would really affect her marriage with my father. But uh, I think that everyone should. Hmm, I'm sorry, you might have to like edit a lot of this stuff out, but it's sorry, I kind of put you on the spot. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I I believe in just uh freedom for all. Freedom for whoever you want to love, whoever you want to be, provided you're not hurting anyone. And whatever you want to do behind closed doors, that is none of society's or the government's business. That I sound like a complete libertarian, but <laughs> God forbid. But <laughs> um it's i really don't think the government should have that much say because in reality it really doesn't affect them at all like it it literally does not like what how does if two guys want to get married how does that affect the government how does and yet they they this they i feel like they uh 
the government kind of like deals with issues, these issues just to kind of, I don't know, like fill time because they they don't do anything about the rampant gun violence problem and all the things that are obvious that obviously have way more effect on America than other stuff that it's it's all it all boils down to I just I believe that it sh- the government should only be there to when help to help these people get their freedoms, not to do anything other than that. Like once once they get all the freedoms that they need, and once they're on par with everyone else that has had complete like free reign for the past what thousand years, I think then then the government should probably just like step away and not have to not intervene with all these things. For sure, for sure. Um, and then I kind of have a question that is maybe a little bit more historical, so it'll be a little bit uh, easier for you. But what are your thoughts on people who say that, you know, uh, the Supreme Court or the government shouldn't get involved in these issues um, because they were not issues that, like, were a part of the Constitution when it was written or, like, you know, this this wasn't what uh, the original constitution had intended. What, like, how, how do you think that uh, we can reconcile modern issues with the constitution, which is obviously a historical document? Definitely. I think that the, there, because I believe that there is no original constitution because the constitution was created to be edited. The whole point of having amendments, an amendment in, in literal terms is a change to the constitution. That's what an amendment is. So there is no original constitution. We could overhaul, we could pull a France and revise the constitution like 15 times and in before in like five years. So we could, that's the constitution is meant to be changed. And historically we, it's all about what it's, I feel like we, a lot of this is like the, the constitution was also intended to separate church and state. And in recent years, that separation has kind of merged into like, it's not a separation anymore. It's like a gradient right now. You have all these obviously laws that are perpetrated by these, by these white Christian majority thing, majority states who want to impose their laws because I guess they, it's, yeah, but I'm sorry, I'm kind of forgetting your question, but um, it's. I think that the obviously the government needs to step in because the invisible hand needs to be pushed because we need if we had it our own way and the government did not step in in the 1960s with the civil rights movement we would still have segregation today because people are not willing to budge what they believe in we're very stubborn people so the government obviously needs to enforce those laws when someone's rights are not being protected or someone does not have any rights at all but once they do get rights and once their rights are protected, the government needs to step away and let them live life. We don't need to be, there needs, there's, we've been, the reason why there's been this constant fight for social justice is because there hasn't been any social justice. We need to, yeah. So we, once we do get that, then the fighting will finally be over. Like we've been fighting for like 400 years since the country was created. Yeah. Absolutely, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, the um, the Constitution has been interpreted to mean a lot of things that it didn't originally intend to mean. 
the example of this second amendment um you would you would not like right now we have a, an idea that the second amendment not only like protects the individual right to firearms but applies to the states that is not something that that anyone would have thought it would apply to at the the, the founding and the supreme court has, has changed the interpretation of that because society's interpretation of that has changed um if you want to go by like what the constitution says the 14th amendment broadly protects liberty like without any qualifications so um yeah you know that to me is is pretty good evidence that uh gay marriage should be protected um yeah there's and also like what what we know about what the they originally intended to be in the constitution is really vague because a lot of our records either like don't exist or were edited. Like a lot of our records comes from James Madison's writings on the constitutional convention, which he went back and edited to make look more favorable to him. So we have that. And then a lot of black people and women and other minorities didn't have their voices heard. So we, we don't really know what they thought the constitution protected. So it's, it's impossible to make, to make these historical leaps. And it's probably not, even if we could, it's probably not the best way to interpret the constitution. Um, because it was intended to to change with the times, um, yeah. So that, <laughs> that was that was my long rant. <laughs> Does anybody have anything else that they want to add? Oh, Do you guys want? Oh yeah. So oh. Oh. okay. So sorry. Um, uh, I was. I think I'm glad that story brought up the Second Amendment because it was because when the United States was created, we didn't want a standing army. We thought that was a terrible idea and we and that's in fact the reason why the articles of confederation the precursors of the constitution fell apart and why it's a really stupid document and should never be looked at and we need it we didn't want a standing army we had a standing navy but we wanted the states to be protected by the militias and that's why it gives it doesn't give people the right to own a gun it gives the militias the right to exist like i mean obviously it's been changed and the i that's why the right to bear arms is like the nra's like logo or something and not the second part that no one reads but yeah and again misinterpretation of the constitution because we can't just go back and ask george washington's like hey yo what you mean by like the what you mean by this yeah oh i did want to say something going on something leif said a while ago that you know we're talking about this instead of like gun violence or anything like i really do think that like gay marriage this should just be like a a a no-brainer this is like oh yeah we'll just like pass this bill protect it like and and then like we can we can argue over the other stuff but like i don't know i don't know why this is like so controversial like the republican argument is that it's like undermining the power of the supreme court which it isn't like the supreme court still has the power to say it's not protected by the constitution it's just now it's protected by federal law so yeah or it's like too soon after a tragedy like when is it when is it not too soon because it's either too soon or like it hasn't happened yet so we shouldn't deal with it like you want to wait till it's too late this is like a no-brainer it's just yeah vote yes on the bill yeah and then we don't have to worry about it. i mean whenever it's too late it's it happens too recently to be like too late so i don't the longer we wait for something the worse it's going to get well and like you were saying too how the separation of church and state is just almost non-existent anymore and i know we've talked about this in like previous episodes but i mean the reason most republicans also don't want to vote yes on this bill if they didn't 
is because of their religion, unfortunately. I think our government is becoming a lot more based on what people believe rather than what their constituents want and what is actually right, unfortunately. And so I'm really hoping that when the bill makes it to the Senate, that we have some people with integrity who are able to go past whatever their personal beliefs may be and just pass what's best for the American people, since the Supreme Court apparently might not protect and uphold those rights. Yeah, for sure. Well, I just want to say thank you to everyone for having such an awesome conversation today. And thank you, Leif, for coming on and talking with us. We very greatly appreciate it. Um, Does anyone have any final thoughts before we wrap up? Oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, no, please. But I'm just... I'm just thinking like with the separation separation of church and state is treated a bit differently in the United States because I know that in Latin America and all these countries, they have the government building and then a church right across from it. So they are, in Latin America, they do not have church and state. It is the same. It's the same thing. But what's weird is that it's treated a little bit differently here than it is to our brethren down there. So I feel like here it's kind of used as a, a way to get on top to beat everyone to be to be up top you it's a goal it's like dominate everyone be up here this is where we belong well there it's kind of like i would say it's more of a guideline and a use of inspiration to help people because i don't obviously Latin America has pretty much the same track record as the united states while treating the indigenous people and minorities but it's interesting to see the difference there Yeah, definitely. So thank you for that. I um I didn't know that. So you learn you learn something new every day. I know. Leif uh, is like teaching us like lots of new information today. I know, I love um, it. I feel so know. so educated. Yes. Yeah, you have you are we told Olivia this too. Like anytime you want to come on and teach us more or just like come and chime in, like please do. We like love we love having another perspective. So open invitation anytime that you want to come on. Okay, great. Thank you. I'll, I'll try to think of more topics to, <laughs> to come here with. Uh, yes. All right. Uh, can we get you to say sunset out? All right. So, sunset out.